What's up, everyone? Welcome to Season 2 of the Mishmash Podcast. I'll be honest, when I started this last year, I wasn't sure how it would go and how many episodes I would wind up recording. I wound up having a blast, though, and the feedback that I received was really encouraging. And so I've decided to continue. I've been really busy with a number of projects since the fall, though, including writing my next novel, recording and releasing my first audiobook, and working on some audiovisual content that I plan to release later this year for my Cosmogonia series. I realized, though, that I left sort of abruptly from the podcasting world, which was never my intention. The plan originally was to record three episodes that featured female guests who were prominent figures in the worlds of writing, athletics, and craft beer. My plans for that last category fell through, and I realized, coincidentally, that my other two guests were named Sarah. I thought it would be really cool then to change topics and bring my daughter Sarah on to complete the trifecta. I intended to record my episode with her in early November, but that's when everything went off the rails. She got sick, then I got sick, and before we knew it, we had a stretch of a few months where at least one person in the Benicky household was in bad shape. Thankfully, all that's been put in the rear view, and I decided to take the opportunity during spring break finally to record that episode. Since it's a new year, and it's been such a long gap, I decided to start a brand new season of the podcast, even if it's just a spiritual shift rather than an actual one. In trying to develop the idea for this episode, I started to reflect on what types of things I wanted to discuss with Sarah. We share so many interests that I thought it would be easy, but I also wanted it to be something meaningful. See, growing up, I never really thought much about what it would be like to be a dad. It was always something I hoped would happen, but I mean in terms of the emotional logistics. Having Tim obviously made me think much more critically about what being a father would entail, but it was a little different when I knew I would have a daughter, too. I remember being told by people constantly about how she would have me wrapped around her little finger, how she'd be daddy's little girl, and how she'd get away with whatever she wanted. And I hated it. I resented it every single time I heard it, and that reaction surprised me. When I started to think more critically about it, though, it started to make sense. I mean, what kind of father would I be if I had different behavioral expectations for my daughter than for my son? What type of example would I be setting for either of them if I showed favoritism for one over the other, or worse, had lower standards for one? I made it a point, at least mentally, never to treat Sarah differently than I would Tim, and eventually Jackson too. That meant giving them all the same opportunities, holding them to the same level of expectations in terms of their behavior and their academics, and ensuring that I treated them all fairly and evenly. The goal, after all, is to produce fully functioning, happy, successful adults, regardless of their gender. That's not to say that I didn't and don't have individual differences with them. Of course I do. That's part of the fun of having multiple kids. But I would never change my expectations just because of their gender or for any other reason. I encouraged them to pursue whatever they wanted in terms of their interests, whether it was sports, music, video games, whatever. But I gave them all the same starting points, and I figured whatever clicked would click. Part of the fun of parenting, and in being the father to both sons and a daughter, is getting to inhabit different realms. I love that Sarah has her own things that she likes, whether it's the cartoons that she watched or the toys that she played with as a little girl. But I also love that we share so many common interests, whether it's basketball, hiking, music, or so many others. Since she was an infant, Sarah has done her own thing and been very clearly her own person, and it's one of the things that I respect the most about her. She has a wealth of confidence, and her fearlessness is something that I admire. She has been the beneficiary of some incredible role models, starting with her awesome mother Heather, as well as a legion of great teachers and coaches. I can see her someday being a great leader in her own right, 
a woman who sets a solid example not just to be followed, but to be exceeded, whether it's on the court or in the classroom. I think I see her most authentic self, though, through basketball, where she's able to demonstrate her determination, her strength, her grit, and that fearlessness that I mentioned earlier. And though I'm clearly biased in saying this, I'm confident that others would echo my assertion that Sarah is on the right track towards a bright future, especially where basketball is concerned, and I'm thrilled to have her as a guest on my podcast today. So please welcome my favorite lady baller, my daughter, Sarah Lynn Benneke. Hi, Princess. Hi, Daddy. Thanks for being a guest on the Mishmash podcast. You're welcome. So part of why I wanted to have you on as a guest is because one of the main goals I have for the podcast is to give a platform to interesting and inspiring people. You're the third Sarah that I'm having on, with the other two being my friend Sarah Key from South Africa and Coach Des, both of whom I find to be awesome women. Each of them is a leader in their respective fields of writing and athletics. They're both entrepreneurs, and they exude the type of confidence that I see in you as a young woman. I thought it would be fun to get to talk to you about the same types of things because I see you growing into that same type of woman, one who will blaze her own trail and inspire others to follow her. So to get started, I was thinking you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. What are some of your hobbies or interests? Well, I like sports, music, video games, art, talking with friends. Oh, that's cool. See, I love that you play video games because it's a field that is stereotypically male, and the few females who seem to gain notoriety in it tend to do so as much because of their looks as their interest in gaming. You play games just because you like to, right? Mm-hmm. And which games would you say are your favorites? Animal Crossing, Mario Kart, Hogwarts Legacy, GTA, and Blookit. Cool. See, that's such a great variety. And I don't think of any of those games as being quote-unquote boy games or girl games, which has always been a problem in the gaming industry. The games that have been the most popular are ones that have been marketed as being for boys or at least being geared towards boys. The quote-unquote girls games were typically trash. Lots of bright colors, little substance, nothing really going on. Now, what I think is awesome about the games that you mentioned, though, is that there's an opportunity for you to play as a girl, but it really has no impact on the game itself. Like, you can design your villager in Animal Crossing to look like you, or your witch in Hogwarts Legacy, but ultimately, the game remains unchanged. Even in Mario Kart 2, you can play as Peach, Daisy, Rosalina, whoever. It's still the same game, right? Yeah. There are other games, too, with female protagonists that you haven't played yet, like The Last of Us or Horizon. They take that a step further. Now, I think it's important for young women to have representation in all arenas, even gaming. And so it's cool to have games where being a girl is integral to the plot. Funny enough, the rumor for the next GTA game is that there'll be like a Bonnie and Clyde type of setup for the main characters. So for the first time, you'll actually be able to play as a female protagonist. Although that might not be the best type of modeling that I think parents would want, right? Yeah. Now, you do play GTA though, right? You play Vice City. So what is it? What do you like to do when you're, you're playing that game? Well, I love driving around and since I'm not old enough to drive yet, it's fun trying to drive. That's not the only thing you like to do, though, right? What else? Go ahead. What else do you do when, you, when you're playing? Crash. You crash a lot? <laughs> yeah. So what about sports? You said sports is another interest. Uh, which sports do you enjoy playing or have you played in the past? I've played soccer, flag football, basketball, and I go to ripped. Okay, cool. So let's go in chronological order then. So you actually started with soccer, right? Yeah. Do you remember doing soccer shots at Creative Campus? Um... Yes, actually. I got this medal at the end. I remember that. That was fun. Shout out to Mrs. Madden, Miss L, Mrs. Tucker, Mrs. Meyer, right? Remember yeah. Remember them? Yeah, they were great teachers. 
And then you actually also played soccer for Hazlitt. We did just rec. I think it was like two seasons. Do you remember why you stopped playing soccer? I didn't like the heat is my guess because it was in the summer. So (laughs) That's 100% right. You complained that it was too hot. And I remember the last game you played, you came off the field looking like a tomato. Now, from a parenting perspective, that might sound like a pretty crappy reason for me to let you stop playing. But the real reason was that I could see that your heart wasn't in it and you were already demonstrating an affinity for basketball. I didn't see a reason to keep pushing you in a direction that you clearly didn't want to go in. Even though soccer is one of my least favorite sports to watch, it's one that I'm super proud of in terms of the representation that I mentioned earlier. I think that the U.S. women's national soccer team is arguably the best example of role models for young athletes. They don't just compete on the soccer pitch, where they're arguably the best international sports program that the U.S. has to offer, but they fight off of it for the rights of women in a number of arenas. Now, women's basketball is also improving drastically in that regard, too, but I wanted to talk a little bit about flag football first. What do you remember about your playing days? Well, I first started when I was in kindergarten, and I played up with, I think, the fourth graders. And we got to the Super Bowl, and I was doing very well. Now, your first, I don't know if it was your first season, but I do remember one of the first seasons. uh, I think it was that kindergarten one that you mentioned. You were on the nearly undefeated Denver Broncos team. What do you remember from that experience of being on that team, if anything? Well, that team was supportive, and they didn't really care how old I was and what age. They still let me play with them. That's right. And you guys didn't just play against other girls' teams, right? You played against boys' teams, too. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Like, some of them, like, might look down at us, but we were a really good team. Well, that was the problem, right? You you weren't just a really good team. You were dominating teams, whether it was the girls' teams or the boys' teams. Yeah, we were undefeated. That's right. And it was, it was actually pretty cool because the coach had reached out to the Denver Broncos and told them about the season that you girls were having and the experience. Do you remember them sending us the swag bags and boxes and stuff? No, not really. No, that, that's fair. At least you're honest. Um, yeah, they had sent over a bunch of stuff because whether you remember this part or not, one of the only bad things from that season was all the nasty comments that people would make about you girls behind your backs. Like, mom, they, I guess they didn't realize it when we weren't walking off the field as a group, but mom and I heard a lot of people complaining, mostly dads. And it was funny because, do you remember, like, the uniform that you girls used to have? You would all wear the same... Oh, yeah, we had this one, like, a bow in our hair. It was orange to represent our team. Right, and it looked super cute. And so unfortunately, I think that gave people the wrong image or the wrong idea. Because I remember hearing a lot of the dad sort of not mocking you girls, but you know, talking about ah, this, they're so cute, like more or less saying like, Oh, well, you know, they don't really look like football players. And then you go, then you girls went out there and did what? Dominate. That's right. And at the end of the games, those same dads were then complaining. I know at least one or two of them even went to Al, uh, the guy who runs the league, to complain that it wasn't fair that the girl that you girls were playing against the boys. You should be playing against other girls. It was, you know, it, it was ridiculous. What did you think about that whole thing? Well, I'm just saying the refs made it fair. Like they won't change any rules just because of the different genders. So right, and, and nor should they. And you girls made it all the way to the Super Bowl, which was so, so, so cool. And you personally came, I think, within like three strides of scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That was really exciting. Do you remember that? I believe I got an interception or maybe like a running back run. So Yeah, it was a running back run. Coach Kent had called the play for you, which was cool. 
And it was an amazing season that had a tough end, but it was still a good experience nonetheless. And if I remember correctly, it wasn't long before you got your next opportunity to play in the Super Bowl with the Raiders. And wow, you girls dominated even more that season. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, we definitely won that Super Bowl fair and square. Yeah, and the best part was you had only one loss, which thankfully came during the regular season. And so the Super Bowl wound up being the redemption round. Remember you played against, I think it was the Ravens. I feel like we versed them before, and we I think that was our only loss, and we beat them. We figured out ways to beat them. That's right, and you became the first Beneke to hoist that Lombardi Trophy replica. I even got that trophy in a case. That's right. Oh, yeah, we have one made up for you. That's right. Yeah. So how does it feel to have been a football player? Did you ever have any concerns about it being a quote-unquote boys sport? Never. Like, I feel like any sport can be any genders thing. Like... If some girl wanted to do football too, like, pursue your dreams. Yeah, and it's cool because now at Raritan High School, I think they have a flag football team, like an actual team. So I'm guessing that you don't feel that way about basketball either, right? Yeah. Uh, What was it that first drew you to the sport? Like, what did you love about basketball from when you were super little? Well, it was very fun to play. We even have a basketball hoop in our backyard and... I don't know. I just love the feeling of playing against other girls, the competition, definitely. Yeah, there's a basketball hoop in the backyard. There was a basketball hoop in the driveway. There was, at one point, one in your room, which is now, I think, in Jackson's room. Well, no, I kind of got a new one and put it back in my room. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so there's pretty much almost any room in our house you're going to find a basketball hoop, right? Yeah. Now, what I love is the confidence that you bring with you out onto the court, whether it's for practice or a game or even just training, actually, especially training. See, from those first activities that you did, you left a strong impression on your trainers and your coaches. I remember Coach Pete Cohen. Do you remember doing his program? It was over in Lincroft, I, I think. I don't, I've, I've seen it a couple times when we drive past. I kind of remember, and yeah. Because I think you were in kindergarten for that, too. You were definitely one of the, the youngest kids there. Definitely but, small. <laughs> but but you stood out. And I remember Coach Pete pulling me aside towards the end and telling me that there was something special about you and that I had to promise him that I was going to make sure that you kept playing and that I wasn't going to let you stop. He was going to go after you if he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Now, the same thing happened with Gary uh, over at Impossible and then again with Zach, too. And even at the Nike camp with Coach Jay Green last year. And of course, who, who else? Who else did you leave a bigger pressure on? Do you remember? Leprechaun. That's right. And they chose you to be Camper of the Week, right? Oh, yeah. I won every single award for my group. I think the reason they picked you, though, wasn't just because... Why do you think they picked you? Well, for my team, I always encouraged everybody to do their best. If somebody didn't make a shot or they had a turnover, it was fine. Just get back on defense and play your hardest. And see, for me, I think the reason that they picked you is this like intangible aura that you have. It's something that you exude. Really, I think it's the thing that makes you, you. It's what I'm most proud of about you because it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with mom. It's 100% you. I think part of it is your work ethic because, again, whether it's school or sports, you are all in all the time. You don't just give that proverbial 110%. You go the extra mile. You always do more. And I think that's why you've been obliterating fifth grade so far, right? Oh, yeah, my 102 in math. Shout out to the the Cove Road Mustangs, right? Uh, Yeah, so 102 in math. You've been bringing home these scores that are routinely north of 100, right? 102. What was the highest one you had? Um, 110. Yeah, that's insane. And you don't just get that kind of score by doing the work, right? You have to do extra credit. Yeah. 
Well, I really don't like rags to riches. That's what one of the things we have to do for extra credit. And you have to solve problems. If you get it wrong, you restart. You have to go to a million. You go zero to a million. And if you get one wrong, you restart the whole entire thing. Oh, my goodness. Well, I remember there was a time, more than more than one time, unfortunately, uh, throughout elementary school where you would say, oh, I'm not good at math or I can't do math in my head. That's okay. Don't get embarrassed. I see you, your cheeks turning red over there. And I hated hearing that because I knew it wasn't true. And I think part of the problem was that Tim and Jackson definitely picked up math, mental math, let's say, a little more quickly, right? They were able to do these more complex um, questions and, and calculations and stuff in their head. But I always knew that you could do it too. And I remember when you start, I think it was when you started fifth grade, right? In September, you said something to me once about being bad at math or, or whatever. And I got really upset because I knew it wasn't true. And it felt like it felt out of character, to be honest, because you've always been a confident young woman. And I knew it was just a matter of time before that would click. And again, you're getting over hundreds right in, in math and all these other classes. So how does that make you feel? Well, right now, math is my best subject in my student portal. And it makes me feel really happy because um, I've always loved math. And before I when I thought I wasn't very good at it, I just needed to work hard and make sure that like everything was correct and that I wasn't pushing myself down instead of up. 100%. I'm so glad you said that last part because the mentality that you bring, whether it's to school or to sports, is important because I think thinking positively and believing in yourself is important to success. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. And in terms of down the road, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, you know, you have dreams and aspirations of being a student athlete. And so you need to be able to succeed at both, you know, in the classroom and on the court. Another thing that you mentioned doing uh, in terms of your athletics was RIPT, right? What is that and how has that been going? So RIPT is a training center where you have to work your hearts and they're trying to get you to get stronger, faster, and it's very, it's been helping me a lot. And usually I'm like last down the court for basketball, but now I'm like one of the third people. So that was important too, right? Because that was, I don't want to say a weakness, but it was something that I think we both recognized you could improve upon. Right. And it wasn't like a conditioning thing and it definitely wasn't an effort yeah. thing. I think it was more just like you needed to get a little stronger and then you needed to learn the proper techniques yeah. for running and stuff. Right. And so you went from I, I think pretty much from day one, you walked into that building and I think you left an impression on the trainers and stuff, right? Yeah. I've been getting higher scores on some of the harder things that we've been doing in Ripped. And then didn't you get to demonstrate? Yes, I got to demonstrate this thing called a TRX where you have to hold your hands on these handles and push yourself up and hold it for a while. That's cool. So back to basketball for a second. So you've been given some incredible opportunities to play on the teams that you do, but you've also been invited to play on other teams, most of which wind up being above your age and your grade level. You never seem to be intimidated by those situations. Why is that? So I went to this camp during the summer and there was this ultimate knockout round and we were, it was like down to 10 year olds to high schoolers and I got in the finals and I beat this one high schooler and I thought I could never win that but then I won it so that's great and 
also, like, with these tournaments, they're big, fierce, strong, but I also know that I'm big, fierce, and strong, so I know that I, if I just try my hardest, I can definitely beat them. Yeah, and I think I think you set a great example because you were, what, I guess a, a rising fifth grader for the Nike camp, and I think you said the girl you beat was like 17, right? So that's yeah. at least a, a junior in high school, and then I remember, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was with Des's Aces team. Uh, that you were playing in a tournament in the summer against junior high schoolers. I think one girl was even in high school, uh, like a, a high school freshman. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, like, and of um, I wasn't scared, and my coach put me on that girl since we do man-to-man, and I boxed her out the best I could, and I finally got a rebound on her. Yeah, that's great. And, and even in one of the Pride games recently, you played up against, again, a middle school team, and you, I have a, a couple of pictures of you where you're guarding this girl who's at least a full foot taller than you. At least that's what you look like. And, uh, and yeah, you never seem to be afraid. And I think that's great because you shouldn't be, right? You come into these things with the right mentality. And again, I think that's something that's innate to you. Like that's not something you can teach somebody. That's just you, right? Yeah. So when it comes to basketball, do you have any goals in particular, like long-term? And also, what are your plans for the future when, when you grow up? So I have two dream jobs. One, I want to be in the WNBA if I can get that high, which I feel like I can. And I, if I don't get that, I could also be a gym teacher. Um, I like working with little kids. They're fun. They're nice. And it'd be fun to teach things to younger kids that I can do, too. So, I mean, that's the those are the two answers that you've given pretty much since kindergarten. When did the gym teacher dream come about? Um, ever since I was in kindergarten, shout out to Miss V, my my kindergarten gym teacher. Um, she was the only girl gym teacher I've ever had up to fifth grade, which I'm in right now. And she's always inspired me to be to dream bigger. And she always told me, don't think about if boys do this, blah, blah, blah. You can do this too. So That's right. And then your gym teacher at Middle Road was who? Mr. Shu. Also shout out to him. And what did you what did you wind up winning in fourth grade? I got the golden shoe is which is the award for being like the best behaved, being kind, loyal, aggressive, and always respectful during gym class. And how did it make you feel to earn that? It felt really good because having an award from my gym teacher and I want to be a gym teacher makes me feel really good. Yeah, and it's something that you have to earn over four years, right? It's not just that one marking period or even that one school year. Yeah, so for Metal Road, it's four years, so first through fourth, and you have to work hard every single four, every four years, and if you do that, you can get that award. That's awesome. So you mentioned potentially playing in the WNBA someday, and I'm assuming college, right, as, yeah. as part of your path to get there. Um, do you have any favorite WNBA teams or players or, or colleges and college players? So for WNBA players, I like Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, Diana Taurasi. And for college players, I like Caitlin Clark. And for college teams, I like UConn, Princeton, and Iowa. Cool. So those are schools that you would potentially want to play at down the road? Yes, definitely. And I know for me, I used to, uh, how I got into watching women's college basketball was through UConn, but there's so many great teams now. And just, do you remember watching games with me during the tournament recently? Yeah. That the, uh, the championship game was pretty incredible. 
it was like back to back to back, and then they had a lead, and then Caitlin Clark just make, kept making threes, and then Reese was like, oh, I'm going to get you. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. And you know what? Listen, Caitlin Clark uh, had a great tournament. They came up a little short, but that doesn't take anything away from the season that she had. And then LSU flat out earned it, right? They kicked yeah. butt. And, they tried their hardest. Yeah, that's great. So do you ever get worried about facing challenges as a woman when you grow up? Like, what would you say to someone if they told you that you couldn't do something because you're a girl? Well, I get a little bit angry because you cannot tell me that I can't do things because I'm a girl. Because girls can do everything that boys can do. I don't think people should be underestimating girls at all. Right. And you ha- you're lucky to be from a family with a lot of strong women and women who set phenomenal examples like your mom, right? So what do you think about your mom and the example that she sets for you and maybe the sacrifices that she makes for our family? She works very hard at her job, and I'm very happy that she's doing very well, and I'm very excited to go to work with her on April 27th. Oh, cool. What So have you done that before? Have you ever gone to the office with her? Yes, I have, and I made a good impression on her coworkers. You did, huh? Yeah. You think they'll remember you when you go back? Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, and that's cool, right? What was your favorite part of the experience of going to work with mom? So when I went to work with mom, it was very cool because this building is like 50 stories high. She is on level 40, and she had a window spot before, and sadly she doesn't have it anymore. But the window spot was really cool, even if I'm afraid of heights, just saying that there. Um, But, yeah, seeing other coworkers is really cool because she lets me talk to them, and her boss let me in on one of their meetings. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, mom has a lot of meetings, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and she sacrifices a lot for us, um, and whether she's working from home or commuting. So I'm sure we, we both appreciate everything that she does for us, right? Definitely. All right. So the last topic that I wanted to discuss with you is music. So this is yet another one where I think there are different expectations for girls versus boys, both in terms of how women in music are viewed and what types of music girls listen to stereotypically. Get it? Stereotypically? Huh? (laughs) I get it. Stereo. (laughs) Now, when I was growing up, girls seemed to gravitate towards what I consider to be bubblegum pop. So it was boy bands and other groups where the aesthetic seemed to matter as much or more than the music itself. Is that the type of music that you prefer? Well, I only like a part of it. Like, I'm a mix between pop and rock. I like rock definitely more. And some of the bands I like is Slipknot, Linkin Park, Metallica, Rob Zombie. Yeah. So it sounds like you're also a metalhead. Definitely. Let's go. I love it. Do you remember making little circle pits to Slipknot when you and Jack were little? No. (laughs) No? You don't remember? No. You guys used to do that all the time. Well, I would throw on Before I Forget, and you guys would just start moshing out. It was adorable. I remember flicking my hair over my head and then going back and forth and back and forth. Oh, headbanging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you remember what your first concert was? Mm, I think it was Slipknot, but I don't remember. Close. Yeah, it was Stone Sour and Corn. Oh, those are two really good two bands. And it was funny because you had fallen asleep in between one of the, the, 
I guess it was right before corn came on and all of a sudden the first kick drums to right now started and you do I don't know if you remember this I remember I just woke right up I started again rocking and I had my two fingers up like, ah. you had your, your devil horns that's yeah. right <clears throat> we've actually seen a couple different concerts do you remember what the last one was that we went I think we went to Fleetwood Mac the last one maybe that's, possibly <laughs> yeah no that's right and what's your favorite song from them um I have three that I really like so Rhiannon landslide and the chains cool oh the chain yeah that's a great one wow so it sounds like you have a pretty diverse range of musical interests do you have like an all-time favorite band though definitely lincoln park their new song lost is really good i don't know like during school i just start mumbling it under my breath when we're walking to like gym class and that's pretty cool, right? Because in school, you have a music teacher who's also into Lincoln Park, right? Yes. Yeah, shout out to Miss Kaminsky. Um, we, every time we are talking about music and we have to do this one artist, and I picked, she let me do Chester from Lincoln Park, and she said she's going to start crying during my presentation, so. Oh, I'm sure. Well, so I'm not going to lie. It's pretty trippy for me to hear you say all of this because I fell in love with Lincoln Park back in 2000. As a matter of fact, me and Uncle James would listen to them every day. And you do too, right? Definitely. When I have to clean my room, even if it's sad. But um, I always link, listen to Lincoln Park because it's getting me upbeat so I can finish cleaning it up. That's what I was going to say. What is it that you like about them? Well, Chester's singing definitely puts me in like an upbeat mood. I love In the End. Like All the songs that he sings are really good so they're yeah. definitely on my playlist absolutely and you know what's cool too in terms of that that sort of playlist is there's some incredible female representation again to go back to to circle back to that topic uh in metal and rock because we have other bands that we like that have either uh female uh lead singers or guitarists or whatever right like do you remember spirit box yeah, and the Cranberries. Cranberries, yeah, absolutely. Hailstorm, Evanescence, Dorothy, Kitty. Oh, definitely Evanescence. Evanescence. Yeah. I can't say that. I cannot say that. Evanescence? Yeah. yeah that, that, <laughs> that's so a hard to say. Thing. Yeah, and, and even heavier in metal, right? You've got Lacuna Coil, Kitty. There, there are these other bands that are like just as heavy as any of the, the male, uh, male acts. Yeah. For me, too, like in my opinion, the all-time greatest female singer is Ann Wilson from Heart. And her sister Nancy's a great singer, too, and an incredible guitarist. And it's cool because, in a way, they were actually one of the first metal bands, or at least like really hard rock. You like Heart, too, right? Definitely, yeah. And I know music and fashion go hand in hand. And I love that you've always done your own thing, too, right? Like, you've got a great sense of style, and you're just as likely to rock, like, a super nice top and skirt as you are basketball shorts and a band t-shirt. As a matter of fact, didn't you just pick up some some band t-shirts? Yeah, well, I love the album Hybrid Theory. So I got the Linkin Park Hybrid Theory, and I put it with a nice black checkered skirt. And I also got a Rob Zombie one, which is really cool. And I also put that one with some, like, bright pink pants. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was awesome. And, I mean, there were other ones, too, that we wanted to get, like, Ghost. Uh, yeah. I think it was a Metallica shirt. And you have your, your Slipknot hoodie. So, actually, do you remember being little and wearing your Elsa dress with your hiking boots, like, when, whenever we would go hiking? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but it's cool because I think that embodies exactly who you are right you never cared about whether it matched you didn't care it was what you felt in that moment and there's nothing wrong with you know wearing an elsa dress to go hiking it's i i just thought it was really cool that you did that so let's close out with this what would you say it means to be a girl here in 2023 and what advice would you give to younger girls about following their dreams and standing up for themselves well whenever somebody 
tries to put you down. Just get back up and work hard. And I just don't think you should really care about what people think of girls and how they shouldn't be doing things that boys are doing. Do whatever you like and just pursue your dreams. I think that's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast, Sarah. I love you. Love you too. And thank you to everyone who's listening, wherever and whenever you are. <laughs>